Hello, hello, hello. I am Reverend Monika Bowman, and this is my dynamic co-host, Dr. Aisha Francis. Hey, hey. And this is Chili Grits Podcast, where we talk about all things Southern Saints and discuss how it has shaped our leadership here in the Northeast. Yes. And so, Aisha, we have an interesting um, saying today. I think it's maybe a little controversial. What have you chosen? What have you chosen? Yeah, so it's the saying that that people say a lot to really let people know that they're, you know, they're not the center of things. And it's one monkey don't stop no show. One monkey don't stop no show. Have you heard this before? Yes, I have. <laughs> so when I looked up its origins, um, it says that it's um, it's been the title of a lot of different R&B song, songs that dates back to like, the 60s, mm-hmm. right? Or actually the 50s. Okay. And it is a commonly said phrase within the African American community. Mm-hmm. And then it lists off all the different songs or um, artists, um, Joe Tex, Honeycomb, which I've never heard of the Honeycombs. It's an all girls group, mm-hmm. um, all women group um, from the 70s. Okay. And I did listen to their version. It was pretty nice. Yeah, okay, good to know. So, we'll maybe put a link in the, yes, in we the, can. Uh, the notes. We will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. As I looked, it didn't say where the saying where it originated from. from. <laughs> but evidently, a lot of African-American artists have put it in their songs. And so I think this is similar to um, when we talked about Master P and the saying about how to make a dollar out of 15 yes. cents, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a similar situation so there. The saying was already there. The saying was it already became popularized through uh, culture, through yeah, pop culture, through, through, through pop culture and, and, music and music and and things like that. Music and does so, travel. and so for those individuals who are not familiar with the saying, it pretty much um, talks about how. If there is a situation where there is a one individual that um, may be causing trouble or don't want to be present, don't want to contribute or just want to leave, right, a group setting, that their presence is not going to shut anything down, that the show will go on regardless of if that person is there or not. Mm -hmm. So one monkey don't stop no show. Okay. So... So here, I think, winding back in terms of just the the cultural um, connotations, I will say this is a very familiar phrase. Yes. It is not one that I really use because there are three areas of sort of stereotype. Yes. Particularly um, for African-Americans. Yes. Monkey's one of them. It's a big one. one. It's a huge one. The other two are fried chicken and watermelon. Yes. Accurate, which I love. You know, listen, I I do like fried chicken and I actually grow watermelon so much. There you have it. I love watermelon to the point that I actually grow it even here. here. However, I don't really talk about monkeys. Yes. (laughs) For the, for, and it's just a thing, you know, I know. Yeah. um, Having newborns, you know, having kids. Yes. People will arrange their nurseries in ways and monkeys. It's a theme. Yes. And I always remember thinking, like, please nobody give me any monkey stuff. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
know better than to do that. So, okay, so complete kind of deviation. Mm-hmm. I actually shared a link with Aisha and on my social media um, because there's this new um, YouTube channel called Gracie's Corner. Okay. And I play it for Zyla, my three-year-old, because there's not a lot of representation when it comes to those, like, learning games yeah. early on for um, African-American kids. Gracie's Corner has served that, right? Mm-hmm. So they took that um, Monkeys in the Bed song. Oh, yeah. They completely changed the the, the song, the lyrics. Oh, what is it? What animal did I they use? I forgot what animal that they used, but mm-hmm. I know one thing. It was not a monkey. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we avoid talking about monkeys at all costs around, around my parts. But the thing about it is monkey connotations were so negative mm. that my grandmother would say, if you were acting a fool, instead of acting a fool, she would be like, I know you're not out there acting a monkey. Or monkeying around. Monkey around, around. Don't yes. You better not be out there acting a monkey. Yep. <laughs> like, that's how terrible it was Yes. to, to even use the phrase. And so I think this whole notion of one monkey don't stop no show basically to your point one person acting a fool right is not going to mess up our purpose our destiny whatever the event is yeah if if somebody is is acting out of pocket at you know a family event or even be in church you know this is just one of those things like listen the show must go on well you know the what brought this phrase back to my mind was actually a sermon Mm -hmm. by um, Pastor Ellis Washington at St. Paul here in Cambridge, which I attend. Um, And he said it during a sermon and it just brought my mind back to childhood (laughs) and being around aunties and uncles. And honestly, I kind of forgot about it, Mm -hmm. you know, until he brought it up, which um, that's one of the things I appreciate about his, um, the way in which he preached. He, He really does lean on the sayings of his, grandma and great-grandma great-grandpa and yeah and I feel like it keeps the African-American tradition alive yes um because we know the world has evolved so much and across multiple cultures we're losing some of those idioms yeah you know and just the good old good common sense as they say the folk wisdom that came along with it because I think for me these sayings and that communal wisdom is exactly that it is literal wisdom yes and we can go to all of the trainings that we want and we should do that but yes it is, a, it is a, i think we are empowered by the both and yes right by the balance of the common sense what we call common sense and the the more you know learned yes society formalizing absolutely in some cases validating in other cases building upon the things that we know is common sense yeah absolutely there should be way more just basic common sense in the world and we should teach these things at home right you know i i think what's interesting for me with this saying one monkey don't stop no show um i'm gonna try not to say it so proper (laughs) one monkey don't stop no show I struggle with it, but yeah, it's like the code switch. Here's the literal way with all of the syllables. Yes. A word, a thing. Yes. One monkey don't stop, no show. Let's go with it. Yes. Here's the other way. You know, it's interesting because when you're in like a professional environment, um, or just in the world in general, there's a way in which once you start climbing um, a career ladder, um, that there's like this level of gravitas mm-hmm. that then circles around a person, right? And um, it 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 becomes, 
I, I think sometimes the narrative becomes bigger than the person. Mm-hmm. A lot of I think a lot of times yeah. because we're all human at the end of the day. But that that narrative, that gravitas, that the sense of like this is the person, right? And then when there has to be an exodus or a person just decides that they need to go in a different direction, it it becomes crushing to an institution or an organization, mm-hmm. right? And I just wonder from um, an institutional perspective, when you're thinking about leading an organization, how do you create how do you create environments where you don't move to a place where people actually believe that one monkey will actually stop the show? (laughs) Like, how do you how do you do that? Because it's it's inherently the culture of when you're climbing. Right. I mean, it's the being on the BBJ 40 under 40 list, which mm-hmm. Aisha and I both are yes, alumni. Yes, we so we're list. guilty. <laughs> we're on all the guilty lists. as yes. charged, right? Mm-hmm. But I wonder at some point, um, one of the things that I have really reflected on deeply as it relates to how I lead and how I show up in an institution and an organization. How do I decentralize yet at the same time be very centered in my leadership? Mm -hmm. Because you have to steer the ship. Right. But at the same time, the ship has to be able to function whether you're there or not. Right. And so how have you managed that aspect um, when it comes to your leadership journey? You know, I would say for for now, I am leaning into the side of the leadership journey or or the the segment of the leadership journey where um, folks are very interested in me and my narrative and why am I here, why this institution, you know, why take on a turnaround? And I think because people invest in leaders just as much as they invest in institutions Mm. and those outcomes, it's been really important for me to accept those invitations to uh, have those conversations that are really centered initially, I think, around curiosity about who I am and what is my personal you know, vision for the, for the institution yeah. and where does my personal vision intersect with the strategic plan of the college. And I think that's okay. You know, for yeah. now, we're yeah. in the space yeah. where that's okay. Um, I have two distinct thoughts about the question you posed. One is some of that distinction has to do with the time of your tenure Mm. and I believe a lot of times leaders outstay overstay their welcome Mm. because they get comfortable yeah and then it becomes hard to extricate yourself and your legacy your image your you know uh, leadership capacity from you know this signature institution even your identity right true yeah and because I haven't lived outside of, you know, Nashville and Boston, I'm not, I can't really, you know, give a whole lot of comparisons, but I do find that in this particular region where we are extremely nonprofit heavy. Yes. And where we have, you know, eds and meds, as they say, make this region along with the nonprofit sector. I do think there are many cases where nonprofit leaders and educational leaders overstay their mm. their effectiveness in yeah. a role. And that can happen for a lot of different reasons. So I, you know, kind of gauging my own, now I'm only three years into a presidency. I have not overstayed and I'm not going anywhere <laughs> for the time. I know, okay. <laughs> 
But just for the board, if y'all listening, Aisha ain't going anywhere right now, so don't don't stress out. <laughs> so that's one thing that I can you know think about is you know how long is too long. And yes. The other piece of it is, and you alluded to this, how do you build the the how do you build gener with generosity? Right? Yes. So we're all building. Yeah. Know, even if you aren't the apex leader at an organization, right. I, I would hope that everybody is building towards something. Absolutely. You know, in, a, in a role, right? Even mm-hmm. if it's, you know, whatever your version of excellence is at whatever role that you are, but how do you do that with generosity? Yeah. And so are there invitations that I'm receiving that I, I don't have the capacity to accept all of these things? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Who yeah. Else can I send? Yeah. Right? Who is the spoke? Who are the multiple spokes people for the organization? And I think that then begins to build, some depth and breadth to your leadership legacy. And that can then be part of your legacy. You know, the generosity of spirit and generosity of leadership. And I want that to be part of, of my legacy and part of the way I lead. It also honestly is just more practical. I am I am not trying to be run down. Mm, and that part. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> too much. It's, it's too, too much. It, it is it too is, much. Too much. Mean, you know, after COVID, um, you know, now that we're in the, the endemic um, kind of phase of something that will be with us, right? Yeah, it is. And these, you know, events and commitments have come back with a vengeance, and it is not possible. I have to say, it was so nice. I mean, I hated being so isolated, right? But man, it was so nice to not have to be out four days out of a five day work week. Yes, yes. and yeah, the, the pace and the format of engagement in the nonprofit sector, which we are both in and education sector, which we, you know, are both kind of related to in some ways is I think unsustainable for the lifestyle that I would like to have Mm -hmm. at this point. Right. And so how do I balance being strategic about my time and also leading in a way that doesn't allow uh, people to assume that things will fall apart you yeah, know, Ch- Chinua Achebe style that things are going to fall apart if one leader isn't there. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, um, I think, conundrum, and it does challenge our ego. Abs- absolutely, yeah. I, like you, your voice doesn't have to be the center. But I, you know, I remember earlier on in my career, and of course, I am still evolving as a human being, like most people. Um, But I remember early on, my husband would say, every time someone invited me to preach at their church, every time someone invited me to be on their board, or invited me to speak on a panel, he would always just tell me, just say yes, just say yes, we'll figure it out. And I adore him for that. And hey, y'all, just as a commercial, we just celebrated 15 years of marriage. Yes. So, yes, we we have a good partnership going. But um, the one thing I appreciated about that, it was him telling me, go out there, be the leader that you are. Um, But as I started to just evolve my thinking, I started to realize that I don't have to necessarily... um, just tear myself down from a wear and tear perspective in order to elevate my, my platform or for people to see me as a leader. And I'm like, Oh my God, there has to be a better way than just burning the candle on both ends. ends. Like, and I'm, I'm a person that I actually evolved to this. I'm not going to claim that I have always been this person. But the Monika I am now, when I have a commitment, I show up 
one hundred percent. I get challenged and like Maniki, you can give seventy and that that's okay too. Yeah. But I have been a leader in a situation where most people don't show up and it's a it's a burden on whoever that leader is that's working with a, a volunteer group of people or a board or whomever. So I'm just real sensitive to that. Yeah. Um but you know, really being able to put those parameters in as I evolve to know that I don't I don't have to do everything in every environment and all of those shows for a lack of a better word mm-hmm. they will go on. Yeah. You know. Well that's true. That is true. If even if we were not there what would happen? They would find another leader. Yes, they will yes, and, another and person on the board on. or yeah, and and if it doesn't it means it shouldn't exist. Well, yes. And and maybe that's a whole nother conversation. I was say, that's a whole part because succession planning should be planful, right? We, yeah. we should know what is yeah. what would happen if, if you weren't there. And I think, you know, it's the, the inevitability of change, right, is there. But the, the One Monkey Don't Stop No Show, I think for me, has always been uh, a saying that, that comes up with a sense of spontaneity. And not spontaneity isn't exactly the right word, but in a moment of crisis mm. or when things are uncomfortable, it's like, okay, yes. that's I show over here, right? Yeah. That was happening. Let's just keep it moving, folks. You know, yeah. look over in this direction. One monkey don't stop no show. We'll just let that happen. Oh, that's interesting, Aisha, because that's a different perspective. You know, I'm thinking about it more from like this person, the monkey, for lack, you know, mm-hmm. staying with it, like actually leaving and people feeling oh. like, oh my God, the person, like this very charismatic entity that kept the show going, right. you know, they're gone. What will we do now? But your point is a whole nother thought when it comes to managing crises or leadership when you have someone that's monkeying around acting a fool yeah. right and the show must go on but then you still have to manage who was left and the people yeah. who witnessed and saw what was happening yeah. you can't you have to say something or right? what, if, what if the person doesn't go or you know the monkey's hanging around mm-hmm. and doing the sideshow right because that happens. That does happen. Woo, that's stressful too. <laughs> that yeah, so I think, you know, that clearly there are a lot of contexts in which we could use this phrase. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. It's so funny when, when you dig around and sort of peel, peel back um, the onion layers. But, you know, ultimately we have to be able to understand that whether it's us or another leader, leadership is temporary absolutely and it is it is a privilege but it's temporary we don't own the titles that we hold yeah and so we have to you know that's something that i do think about um often and as somebody who's had like serious health challenges in my life i i think i also have a distance yeah you know i hold on to things very closely i'm serious about my work but i also have a distance from yeah um the ownership piece of 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 it of any role being too tightly in, intertwined with who I am as a person, yeah, um, and and have a a really bright line between the two, yeah. Right? And so I think you know life deals you um, certain experiences, yeah. that can really shift you your mindset and you know as much as I don't I don't wish my my health um my past health challenges on anyone but it definitely helped me mm. separate yeah the what I do 
from the who I am. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and to be even more intentional about making sure that, you know, I can stand behind um, the mission, the intent of what it is that I'm doing at any given moment, because, you know, we, we don't know that the, the hour or the day. And I want to make sure that what I'm spending my time on is something that's really, you know, fulfilling uh, to me for the time that I'm there. But I'm very clear that, you know, look, nothing is permanent. It's and true. So and I, I think we should teach that a bit more. I don't think we, I don't, or maybe I'll speak in the eye. I try not to speak on behalf of everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm learning, right? Yeah. But I do feel like I did not receive those messages in our in the earlier stages of my development. Like mm-hmm. I saw a change around me, but I don't know. Change management is something that I had to really process through as an adult. Yeah. Well, I don't know that that's unusual. You know, I, I think as the world becomes... Um, even more fraught and maybe it's not any more fraught maybe we just see it eat more easily because of our relationship with social media mm, and, and how short yeah. the um, sort of attention span is with, with different issues but it does seem to me that the tenure of leaders is shorter I know at the college presidency level it literally yeah. is shorter uh, I think the average tenure of college presidents is something like six years five or six years now yeah I think that's generational though and it used to be 10 yeah I remember I I was having this conversation recently um around you know what what would it take for for me to be present with the organization long term and it was a hard question for me to answer Mm -hmm. because you know I graduated grad school right before the great recession yeah Mm-hmm. And and so getting back to like your identity that you have learned through your journey to separate the two, I put so much stock into going to college and going to graduate school. And I really thought, and I still do think I'm somebody, you yeah, know, these girl, you ought to be. <laughs> yes, because I got all these degrees and like, I don't know, these days, do they matter? Like, I don't know. Yes. yes okay. They, they still do. matter. Okay. <laughs> We're not taking all of that back. They matter. They matter. But you know, it was this identity crisis because there was so much job loss. Yeah. Right. And I really didn't have the privilege to establish a traditional pro- professional career trajectory um because i literally just had to take what i can get because that that was it was a down market yeah yeah that was the market and i i was so challenged because growing up when you come from humble beginnings like people tell you just get your education and everything will be okay so i entered the world with that, that that saying it was deeply instilled in me and for I, I'm gonna go ahead and say the first 10 years it wasn't okay yeah it, it just wasn't well, there's a whole um there there are people who are researching the impact of the recession right mm-hmm. you know 10 almost 15 years out and people who graduated or who were on the job market in that time have been negatively impacted yeah. by it because your starting salaries tend to be lower, lower. they have longer gaps yep. between employment and those kinds of things follow folks so how do you recover from that so you're not making up that you know what i mean that yeah. that is an experience that other people had is is what i'm you know sharing and i think the the variety of ways in which interruptions, unexpected challenges, yeah. um, you know, difficulties with um, bad behavior, yeah, <laughs> yeah, come into the professional setting. You know, there are a lot of ways in which we can think about how we internalize or operationalize rather 
the 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 kind of concept of not letting a monkey stop the show. Yeah, and for me, that monkey was the economy. <laughs> and, oh man, and it tried to stop my show. I'm like, no, I'm too credentialed for this. I mean, people were trying to recommend that I do AmeriCorps. I'm like, stop it. Oh, no. Not with these two master's degrees and all this debt. I'm gonna need you to have multiple seats, right? So, but that's a whole nother conversation around that pathway. But I, yeah. that's a whole nother show. But um. But just the mental fortitude that you have to have when disruption comes into your life, whether it's personally or professionally, you just have to be rooted in some things. And I think that's where going back to these sayings that have shaped us, um, that's where it means something, you right? Keep it pushing. You just got to keep, keep it pushing. Yeah. So one thing, uh, when when you shared that this was going to be one of the sayings that you wanted to cover, um, I started doing a little bit of digging about, you know, where are places that this has shown up? And I want to read one poem. Okay. Right? So this is by the Appalachian poet Nikki Finney. Uh, Nikki Finney is from Kentucky. And um, y'all can look up what Appalachian is. But essentially, is you know, the black folks from, from Appalachia. And um, actually, she was born in um, South Carolina. So here is what she has to say about this particular saying. And it's in a poem called Instruction Final to Brown Poets from a Black Girl with a Silver Leica. And um, Leica, I think, is a camera. So um, it's from her book, um, From Head Off and Split, which was published in 2011. It's not that long. I think I'm going to read the whole thing. Okay. Okay. Instruction final. Okay. Be camera, black-eyed aperture. Be diamondback terrapin, the only animal that can outrun a hurricane. Be 250 million years old. Mm. Be isosceles, serious. Mm. Rhapsody, Hogan, Dogon, Hubble, stay hot. Become lunations. Look up the word Southing before you use it in a sentence. Mm. No, Southing is not a verb. Imitate the remarkable days. Locate all your ascending notes. Chew eight times before you swallow the lyrics of Lamentations of James Brown, Abby Mm. Lincoln, Al Green, Curtis Mayfield, and Aretha. Hey, watch your language. Two and a quarter is not the same as deuce and a quarter. Mm. Two-fisted is not two-faced. Remember... One monkey don't stop no show. Let your fat belly be quilts of quietus. Pass on what the great winemakers know. The juice is not made in the vats, but in the vineyard. Mm. Keep yourself rooted in the sun, rain, and darkly camphored air. Grow until you die. But before you do, leave your final kiss. Lay mint or orange eucalyptus, garland, double tuck those lips, careful to the very end what you deny dismiss and cut away i have spoken the best i know how well on that note <laughs> i love it i love her poetry. that's beautiful so uh with that thank you for offering up this saying today yeah well one monkey it ain't about to stop no show <laughs> and it's definitely not stopping chili grits podcast that's right that's right we'll see y'all next time Thanks for joining us. Be well. Bye.